Hey, and welcome back to Giovanni Andrioli's Movies and More, where I talk about movies and more. Alright, everyone. Welcome back. Uh, I am... I'm gonna do it. Despite what the analytics might show, I'm gonna do more Batman episodes. Uh, I would feel incomplete if I didn't end up finishing up the Dark Knight trilogy, and so I decided to do that. I just watched them recently during my, my self-isolation, quarantine kind of thing. I watched them, and I got a lot to say about them. I've been itching to talk about them for for a couple of days now, so I think I'm I think I'm going to do it. Going to round out the trilogy um, and see how it goes. So, without further ado, let's get into this because these are some episodes I've been a little nervous about. Feel like they could get unwieldy, so let's not waste any time. No beating around the bat. I mean bush here. Let's let's do this. Uh, I will say right before we get started. I do think I came off a little strong in my Batman Begins episode about how I was like, well, unpopular opinion, but Batman Begins is a much better constructed film than The Dark Knight. It is. I think it's narratively, uh, I think it's narratively more clean. I think it's like a more tightly written movie. However, I don't think I conveyed well, or honestly at all, how much the, which one of these is my favorite flips for me, because watching this again... Man, is it obvious to me that I don't feel as strongly about that as I think I, I came off. Like, it's a really good movie, but so is The Dark Knight. And every time I watch them, I'm like, no, this one's my favorite. And then I'll watch The Dark Knight, and I'll be like, no, this one. And then it'll be Batman Begins. No, no, that one's definitely my favorite. So it really depends on the day. Because I think while Batman Begins is a more narratively concise movie, I think that The Dark Knight is a more propulsive and entertaining and, like, energetic experience. Like, you feel like you just ran a marathon, and a really epically well-crafted marathon by the time you're done with uh, The Dark Knight. Whereas Batman Begins, I feel like it's a little less, like, energetic when you come out of when you come out of watching it. So, it really does depend on the day. Like, I don't know, it really flip-flops for me, and that was that was never more evident than I think when I went back to rewatch it this time, trying to pay more attention and, and think about how I would t articulate my thoughts on it. So I think that was important to establish because this movie is really awesome. This movie kicks all the ass. I love it. Uh, I re I really love it. And it was man, was it so fun to watch it again? Cause it's it's been it's been a little bit. I guess I haven't technically I haven't watched it this year. Like I haven't watched it since last year. So it has been a little, been a little bit. But um. But yeah, let's let's just get into it. Cause man, is there a lot to talk about? So, um. Right off the bat, the propulsiveness to this movie that I mentioned, the energy to it, it's its so evident because you get that first amazing scene of the bank heist and uh, it's got great music, which is something that is just so prevalent through this whole movie. God, the score is so good. This is my favorite score out of any of the movies. There's so many like long, like one or two notes that are just played at like a really eerie frequency and just stretch out for so long. like. It generates so much tension in the tense moments, and then it also generates, like, such a, just, um, like, I keep using energy, but that's, I mean, that's the right word, like, such an energy for the action beats, like, it's, oh man, the score is pitch perfect for this movie, it's really, really good, and it starts right here, and I think that's one of the best things that, that, uh, gets you right into the, the bank heist, where you're getting all this exposition about the about the Joker, and you're cutting like the same conversation between all these different people, and then they start killing each other, and so you can see all the plans starting to form, 
and what a mastermind the Joker is, and that everything culminates with him getting a perfect getaway right into the parade of, of school buses. And then we start cutting around Gotham, we start seeing like how Batman's really affected things and, and where the city is since last we left it. We get some pretty subtle setup for um, for Montoya's mom. We, we establish that she's in the hospital really quickly, and then we move into another action scene, and man is this movie just it really really moves like there's uh there's certainly a lot going on and uh and i do think that i would have maybe rather seen stuff like the uh the imposter batman i think maybe that's some stuff that i might have rather seen developed more thoroughly in a in like a different movie one that maybe like has you know more time to devote to to something like that because I think it is a really interesting idea and and stuff like uh, like the Dark Knight Returns that's that's a place where that idea really thrives and I think that would be cool to see I think that and um, the Coleman Reese stuff those are the two most underdeveloped uh, like subplots in this movie I don't think you really notice it as you're watching it but I think afterwards when I you know kind of thinking about it I I do feel like maybe those things could have could have used some additional time, but uh, I do understand that even if something like that was shot, it's probably the kind of the first stuff that would go just because there's a lot more important stuff to focus on. So I do understand, but I do think that's one of the, the differences between Batman Begins and this one because Batman Begins is so personal. It's got less of a humongous scope. It's trying to do less. So I think everything gets better developed and better paid off. However, in this one, it's got a lot of ambition, and it somehow manages to pull it off, but like, you know, if it's like a waiter, if this movie is a waiter, just bear with me for a second, and it's like holding, or he or she is like holding uh, this tray, and it's got like so much food on it, it's got like piles of plates, and it's got all these super full to the brim glasses of water, I think, like, it it somehow gets it back to to whoever ordered all that. But it does spill a few drops here and there, if that makes any sense. However, The Dark Knight Rises uh, really makes it evident how insanely difficult that is and what a good job this movie does because if The Dark Knight Rises is a waiter, it's the newbie in the on the other side of the restaurant who trips over uh, someone's, someone's chair and dumps the entire tray all over the place and like somehow manages to save, I don't know, two, two tater tots or something. Like... Yeah, I don't know. We'll get to that when we get to it, but I don't think it can be understated how how good of a job that this movie does, despite sometimes dropping the ball on a few things, but minor things. I think that's the important distinction. So, uh, so yeah, I think I might as well just get right into it. Uh, the Joker, we meet him in, in the first scene, and uh, we see a little bit of him here and there, but the first big time we really like get to see him talk and... Uh, and explain his plans and like his motivations is in the the meeting between the mob bosses and I mean what else is there to say about this performance this is an absolutely insane performance like I watched um I never really talked about it because it's just not really the kind of thing I talk about on this show but um I watched 10 things I hate about you recently because it was on Disney plus and I was like what else am I doing so I watched it, right, and Heath Ledger's in that, and he's kind of like a, you know, the, the heartthrob, uh, bad boy kind of thing, and he's so, it's it's insane to me that that guy is also, like, the best on-screen Joker that there has ever been, like, or 
okay, live action, obviously. Mark Hamill's technically on screen as well. But, um, but that is insane to me. Like, he's completely unrecognizable. He so fully disappears into this character, and I think that's the best part. Like, just his mannerisms, like, the way he licks his lips all the time, and, like, the way he pushes his hair back, and just the way he walks, and, and his speech patterns, and all the weird, like, quirky stuff he does, like, where he, he takes the champagne, but he, like, does it, and he, like, throws it up into the air, all the champagne comes out, and then he still takes a drink for no reason, like, it's such a fully lived-in character, and it's really, really awesome, and, uh, and everything after it is just kind of a perpetual, like, sophomore slump, I mean, Joaquin Phoenix is probably one of the better things about completely overrated and pretentious movie but um but his joker is very derivative of this take like the performance maybe not so much it's it a little bit here and there there are flourishes but the costume the look the mannerisms like is very similar it's it's obvious where they took their inspiration from and then uh jared leto is basically the same kind of idea the method acting the the going extreme and trying to really live the character, except it completely crashed and burned and, and kind of blew up in his face. But but you can see that, that every version of this since then, at least on the silver screen, has really been trying to emulate that. And I don't think anything's ever come even close because this is just such a one-of-a-kind performance. Like, this is just lightning in a bottle. This is, this is perfection. And I think... He's one of the best parts of this movie and one of the biggest improvements because while I like uh, Liam Neeson and almost everything I've seen him in, and while I like I like the idea of Batman, you know, going up against him and and like him having a whole team of people to to fight Batman, and then the mob is obviously all that stuff is really good, and and Killian Murphy is a great actor, and his performance as Scarecrow is is great, but. It's not as memorable or as, like, intimidating and just, like, a perfect match as, as this is. It's just, it's just leaps and bounds ahead of that. And, uh, and yeah, it's perfect. It's one of the best parts of the movie. And then, um, I also enjoy the fact that you go from a, a character, a, a villain, who can challenge Batman physically, who taught him everything he knew and, and kind of uses that to his advantage and who's trying to terrorize the city in a very physical manner. Like, his plan is very, it's very invasive. He's going right to the heart of the city, and he's gonna, you know, he's gonna use this, this physical chemical to try to turn everybody against each other. Um, I like that this is more of a mental thing. He's, um, like, in in ways, they clash. Ra's al Ghul and, and Batman clash on their ideals, but it's more their ideals about justice rather than their, like, faith in people. And I think that's something that the Joker does really, really well that makes him so compelling. And, uh, and I, I, man, is that awesome. I love how his thing is less like, I'm going to use this one thing to transform the city, like, against its will. He's basically trying to prove that, given the right set of circumstances, y you know, no one is good. You're wrong. These people aren't good. They don't deserve the faith that you've given in them, like, man, is that really awesome and really, really compelling, and I love that that's, uh, that that's the different kind of approach that this movie takes, and then The Dark Knight Rises kind of attempts to blend the two together, and I don't think it does a very good job, 
but I do like that you have two different versions of how of you know what Batman's budging up against in his like quest for for justice. So that's that's really cool, and I think that that's one of the best things about this movie is is the fact that the Joker ostensibly wins like the only way that they can beat him is by compromising their morals is by changing their perception of everything and he does eventually prove that he like he was right he broke the best of them and he he turned him into a monster and um and while he wasn't necessarily right in that those people on the boats would kill each other which is which is one of my favorite moments is when um you know they have that confrontation on the in the construction site kind of thing and uh, and he's like what were you trying to prove uh and and like he batman's right in that moment but then still by the end the joker does still kind of win and the you know the only way that um that they can try to to have some sort of a victory is by is by destroying everything that batman stood for which is exactly what the joker was trying to do and oh that's just thematically that's amazing and the this shot and just like the somberness of that last moment where he turns his head so that the the good side of two-face's face is showing and he's like you know very quietly but the joker cannot win oh my god that sends chills down my spine i think that's amazing that's one of the best parts of the movie and then everything after that i mean you want to talk about the propulsion just like Gordon's speech in in conjunction with the imagery of like Batman like kind of staggering through and this entire army of cops descending on this location and like you know he's driving off and and oh my god damn it's perfect I want to go watch it again right now like it's it's that good ah I that's just that's one of the things that I think makes it really hard for me to pick a favorite just because that is so oh that's so good it's crazy like the the moral gray area that this movie explores is just fantastic and um and the only thing that i think could have been better is something i i kind of alluded to in the in my kind of talking about this movie in conjunction with batman begins and i was saying about how i don't think any version of of uh batman that i've ever seen has really done justice to the the transformation of harvey dent the way i think it could have and i think that's just because you don't have time to build up a relationship like i think that you feel the desperation and the utter like just the utter horror and pain of rachel rachel's death because despite changing the actress which I think is honestly a bit of an upgrade in from the from the second film to the from the first to the second film. I think I think Maggie Gyllenhaal just turns in a better performance. Um, like you just feel you just feel something more where it's like he kicks down the door and he's he thinks he's gonna save Rachel and then like everything kind of gets quiet for a second and then you know there, he starts uh, Dent starts screaming and he's like dragging him out uh and he's got like the oil all over him and he's he's just freaking out and then Rachel's just like you, you know she's coming to the realization like you can just see it on her face like oh 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 no like they 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 didn't they didn't find me and um and she's like you know it's going to be okay and she's like cut off by the explosion and then you know, you get the letter afterwards, like kind of reading over the this the images of just the decimated landscape. Like, you feel something like that that has an impact because they've built up their relationship 
over two movies. But you introduce Harvey in this movie, and you have to, you know, you have to kill him just as quickly, and, like, you have to transform him to the point where, like, he, you've destroyed everything he stood for, and I just don't feel like you feel like the tragedy of that, like you could, if you would have met him before, if you would have built up their relationship more. I think you would just feel the the loss of that more if you had been given more time to get to know him as a good person before he turned bad. And, um, I don't know. I just, I think that's the one part that this movie kind of biffs. But everything after that I think is really good. And, like, the the pain that he experiences and, like, that stuff, I, I do, I do like that. I wish there would be a little more, conf like, conflict within him. Like, I wish he didn't go full evil, at least not at first. I feel like it would have been more interesting if there was a little more conflict where it's like, oh god I flipped the coin it came out the you know a way I didn't want it to but in order to to do what I have to do like I just have to I have to obey it I have to be you know that I have to act this way I feel is fair which is chance I think that would have been a little more interesting but again I just don't know if this movie has enough time to fully service uh all of that so I don't know I don't know but uh, but I do wish he was in the first one. I do wish you would have gotten to know him a little bit more, so that you you could have you could have been more to it whenever this all happened. Because it would be I feel like it would be it would be almost like um, it'd be almost like if if Tony Stark died at the end of Iron Man. Like yeah, it sucks that that happened, but but you don't feel the loss as much as you do at the end of Endgame, because you you haven't built up a decade worth of stories with this character. Like, you haven't grown that connection over a long period of time. It would, you know, it's been established, and it's been killed off in one film. I don't know. I just don't know if, if any movie can, can totally pull that off. But, um, but, yeah, I mean, regardless, I do think it still works really well. I just wish there was a little bit more to it, is all I'm saying. But, but even so, I mean, the score, the performances, the the visual, like, the look of it, and then thematically what it's saying is, I think it overshadows all of that, and it's why I'm still net, net positive on that aspect of it, regardless of some of the missed opportunities, I feel like. Um, and then, uh, on top of that, I also really love the mob stuff and how they're, you know, they're all working in, like, this sort of unsanctioned task force of the three of them to to like pull all their um their different ideas and strategies to try to take out the mob and then i like how there's friction between like gordon and uh and dent and that makes for a very interesting dynamic and then how you know that ends up making him making gordon feel like he's failed Dent by the end yeah i really like all that and i think that's that's really that's really cool that's one of my favorite parts of this movie I really love Batman against the mob, so that's one of uh that's one of the things that I like best about this movie. I will say I haven't really mentioned Batman at all, and I do think that 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 might be one of the ways where I think Batman begins is superior to this because in this movie I feel like I feel like Bruce Wayne is maybe the third or fourth most interesting character. And I feel like Joker is more interesting, Dent's more interesting, uh I wouldn't honestly say, like, Gordon is more interesting. I just feel like a lot of other characters have more going on than he does. And not to say that he doesn't go through a lot, because he certainly does. This is probably the most emotional, emotionally like present movie for Bruce Wayne. But 
I do feel like that the, the script underserves him a little bit, where he's kind of just, just you know, the the main point of entry, and then everything else is kind of like orbiting around him. But uh, but it it is still a really good performance. I do really like how uh, how all those different delineations between the the different Bruce's. You know, there's the Bruce with Alfred, and there's the Bruce with. Um, with like his friends and being the playboy and then uh and then there's Batman obviously and I like that we get to see a little bit more of that and all these different interactions between him and Alfred who is also giving a really great performance uh one of my favorite moments in the in the film is when he's given the story about the tangerine and and trying to s stop that bandit because of thematically what it represents but then also because it's delivered and also written in such a way that it sounds like a real story. Like, it doesn't sound like a story that was written by someone in Hollywood. It sounds like a story that he would actually tell. And I think that's really cool because so often that's not the case. So that's one of the things that I really like. Like, one of the Alfred moments I really like in this movie. And then, um, and then yeah, I appreciate how it's it acts as a metaphor for kind of the whole movie. It's That's all really, really good. Um, actually the action in this movie is something I haven't touched on that much either, but combined with the music and, uh, and like the production design and everything, the action in this movie is really, really good. Um, the truck chase is obviously fantastic. The stunts that they pull off in that are really, really impressive. The truck flip and everything. And then, um, and then I also really, I really enjoy that a lot of it has some sort of like twist to it. Like, uh, with the, um, the hostage situation at the very end, I really like that that is not as simple as it appears to be on the surface, and that Batman is, is right about that. Um, that also ties into something else that I think is very interesting about this movie. I touched on this briefly in, uh, in the most recent bonus episode where I talked about Cloverfield. I think it's interesting that both of these movies are movies that came out post-9-11, and I think it's interesting in what ways they tap into post-9-11 anxiety in America, because this movie, um, subconsciously or not, like, whether or not it's deliberately trying to, Nolan says it isn't, like, trying to make a political commentary, I would say that seems to be too great of a coincidence, but it is something that's just part of the lexicon, part of the vernacular of the country at that time. So it's possible that it kind of slipped in without him really deliberately knowing it, but um, but the the imagery and like the the idea of the machine that can like target um the vo the voice of the Joker through all the people's phones in Gotham, um, and the parallels that that draws to the um, the the Patriot Act, and then as um also like jurisdiction and the ideas of like how far is too far to stop this person uh i think that that's all really interesting and it's it's i think it's quite a time capsule to see where our heads were at with all of that uh, after that event ha happened and like i i don't know it's just like impossible to escape that some of this is it just kind of it ties in to things that were happening in the country for real at the time and I, I think that that's cool that this movie, like, explores it and has kind of a take on it. I think that is another thing that really adds to, like, the longevity of this movie and, like, uh, the reason why it's so well-remembered is because it, it also 
has like something to say like it takes a stance on on uh on all of that all everything that was happening in the country so yeah i really appreciated everything that that it goes into that and i think that that it's just it's interesting to see different artistic interpretations of very real events like with cloverfield how they kind of they took that imagery and transformed it transformed it into like a monster movie kind of thing and with this they transform it into more of a superhero and like fantastical kind of thing that's interesting and um and yeah that's just i don't have a ton to say about it i just thought it's uh i mean interesting kind of says it all it's you know it's it's certainly a talking point so um yeah I, I like this movie. It's really good, which is not a hot take, but it is really, really good. Um, I love, like, the, the themes of it. I love, uh, like, the action and the propulsiveness of it, and um, I love the performance of the Joker and how well he's written and how clever he is. Oh, uh, how did I not mention it? The interrogation scene is one of the best scenes in superhero anything ever. And then subsequently Joker's escape and how he does that is, it's crazy. And I love that, um, oh, that just the chemistry between, between the Joker and Batman, it's so perfect. And the, the things that he says and like how he's manipulating Batman just effortlessly. And then the part where, is my favorite part in uh, I was I was gonna say in the whole movie, but definitely in the scene. I think my favorite part in the movie is is the turning his head and saying the Joker cannot win. But when he's got him on the ground and he's like punching him in the corner and he's just screaming at him, and the Joker starts laughing. First of all, that laugh is oh man, it's perfect. It's so haunting. And then I also love that it is funny to him that he's so strong and he's so powerful and it's not gonna help that's just not what matters here that's the joker maintains all the power despite being powerless like oh that's crazy it's so good but uh but yeah man i think a lot of this movie coalesces very well and uh the energy of it how how much it accomplishes and how well it pulls that all off it's just it's so good um Oh, shoot. Actually, God, I told you this is going to get unwieldy. I was really trying to keep this around 20 to 25 minutes. We're already at 26. With the Gratefuls and the ads and the plugging everything at the end, it's probably going to be like half an hour. Uh, I'm sorry, everybody, but that's just so much to talk about. Um, I don't understand why Gordon had to fake his death. I feel like that's a little bit superfluous. Like, what? I don't know. It And it doesn't even really make sense to me. Like, how did he do it? Who knew and who didn't know at what time? Like, I, I don't know. I just, I don't really think that that part of the movie is, is great. Um, also, speaking of, the reveal of him is great, but uh, I don't know if, if we needed all of that or not. And then, um, speaking of which, the scene, the truck chase is an awesome scene, almost ruined single-handedly by the extra who's driving with Gordon, who you don't know as Gordon yet, but, like, that guy is one of the most annoying characters in, I think, anything ever, like, and just completely unnecessary, like, levity, a little bit here and there is fine, but this guy and his delivery, he's like, oh, that's not good, and then, you know, it gets, like, caught more in the wires, and he goes, okay, that's not good, like, oh my god, you want to do a, a second take, or maybe fire that guy, like, 
the the extras in this movie and and in the third one i think more in the third one than in this one i really wish i could remember what scene i'm thinking of but there was one there was one scene in the dark knight rises and i i missed it in my notes but oh my god the extras it's insane but in this one i think one of the most egregious examples is um is yeah definitely the guy in the truck but then also um the the everybody in the press conference like the guy goes no more dead cops oh my god these guys are i don't know there there's something else i think that christopher nolan uh could maybe work on his extra choosing in some of his future movies but uh that's more of a funny nitpick than anything legitimately legitimately wrong i i would say i'd say gordon's death is or fake death is a little bit of a nitpick but a little a little less inconsequential like like less innocuous than than just stupid extras because I do think it's a detour that we don't really need to take. There's nothing about the movie really changes if he stays alive. But, yeah. Um, and the Joker's... Oh, my God. This almost needs to be a two-parter. Like, how, how am I supposed to put... Uh, how am I supposed to fit all this in a reasonable time frame? Um, the Joker's plan makes no sense. Uh, I know I know that's something that a lot of people harp on, but it doesn't. It makes no sense. Listen, I've said enough really great things about this movie... Here's some of my, my problems with it. The Joker's plan makes... It's just... He has to plan it too perfectly. It just doesn't... I don't even know. And then rant the seemingly very random... Maybe someone couldn't explain this to me, but... Why is Batman on the rooftop scanning all those, like, frequencies? Like, why is he doing that? Where is he? How does he know the Joker's gonna be on one? Like, I've watched this movie a thousand times, and I never... I was never... Never been clear on... Did the Joker give him some sort of clue? It just seems really random. And, um... And then, on top of that, uh... Like, that leads into the... I think one of the worst scenes in any Batman movie, which is the stupid bullet-in-the-wall thing. And then they reconstruct the bullet with the digital scan, and they pull the fingerprint off it, and... Like, this is the most legitimate shot at Batman being a detective and I think, any of these movies... And it's honestly one of the worst, because it just doesn't even make sense. Like, okay, he left a fingerprint on the bullet when he pushed it into the clip, except for there's shells. You, like, there's casings. You don't put a bullet without a casing into a shell, like, ever. That's not that's not a thing. And so, that may, leads me to my next thing, which is, why wasn't there just casings there? Why wasn't there just casings that flew out of the gun when he fired it? Like, that would make... 100% more sense. You would get, like, a piece of the fingerprint, maybe, but you would not get the whole fingerprint unless he, like, stuck it on there and just really, like, rubbed it in and then put it in the in the casing, and then it somehow didn't get, um, like, it didn't get smudged or, or damaged at all. And then he also somehow knew that Batman would be able to perfectly replicate this fingerprint based on this bullshit... 3d reconstruction thing that makes literally no sense like i've never understood what he's doing i never understood why they didn't just choose a simpler answer and then yeah it also requires the, the joker to just know always like he always just has to know exactly what batman's gonna do and then he also has to know that that's gonna lead him to to the one of four people it's not even one person there are four people that this matches and then he's going to have to know exactly which one it's going to be. Like, he's really leaving a lot up to chance here when I think that this could be a lot simpler. And that's another part of this movie that has always bugged me. 
Uh, the Joker is good. I'll give him that. But I don't know if he's that good. So, all right. I really need to get out of here. I do legitimately think that that's it. I think that's all I have to say. Uh, this movie starts with a bang. It ends with a bang. The middle is also a bangerinsky. Um, it is a really, really good movie with a great score, great performances, great action, and um, and a sometimes ludicrous, but altogether a good plot. And it's very emotional, very, very gripping tale that I really enjoy revisiting very regularly. And uh, I think you should too. This is, this is not really a, uh, none of these are, are new thoughts. Let's just be real here. But, um, but this movie is awesome, which is also not a new thought, but screw like, sue me. It's, it's an awesome, it's an awesome movie. All right. I really need some water. Um, oh, you might not know this, but this is the third time. I had to record this episode. The first two, the first two goes of it were just, oh man, really bad. So I'm glad I finally got it done. And I'm sorry it's a little long, but deal with it. You know, whatever. Um, um, I'm grateful for having the time to do this kind of stuff. Um, we have been easing back into like actual schoolwork and like stuff has been assigned. And that's disappointing because I was enjoying not doing anything. But it is also good to, you know, have something to do. It's fine. But um, but I am glad that, that despite this being, like, a bad thing, it has given me time to to have, like, the, the world's weirdest kind of vacation. And I'm glad I have time to myself, to, to me and my family. Um, just my parents. Don't worry, guys. Social distancing, of course. And then, um... And then, yeah, giving me time to, like, binge things and watch things and, and enjoy things. That's that's good. It's a good thing born out of a terrible situation. I wish it were literally any other way, but I can't change it, so I have to take, make the most of it, and uh, and I'm glad I've been able to. So that's my grateful. All right, everyone. Uh, if you feel so compelled, please leave a review. You can do it right in app. It's super helpful. Five stars would be appreciated. And... Uh, and yeah, thank you in advance if you if you do that. Thank you if you already have. If you want to follow the show on Instagram, you can do that at Movies and More Pod. Uh, I post updates about new episodes, topics of discussion, and when they actually go up. If you want to follow me personally on Instagram, that's at gmanjuli1. And if you want to email the show with any comments, questions, concerns, or suggestions, you can do that at moviesandmorepod at gmail.com. And also, I free, keep forgetting this, but, um, but subscribe. If you haven't already subscribed, do it so you never miss an episode. Um... Yeah, so thanks for all that and uh and stay safe, stay healthy, hang in there. We'll we'll get through this. Don't don't worry. And uh I'll be there with you every step of the way. What else am I doing but recording podcasts? Exactly. Recording podcasts. That's it. So uh yeah, peace. Thanks for listening and sticking it out for this one. I know this is definitely going to screw this episode's uh, amount of downloads because it's so long, but whatever. At least I got it done and maybe someday Maybe it'll turn around. It'll be like the Empire Strikes Back of episodes of this podcast. It'll be like initially people won't like it. And then later it'll be revered as my best ever work. We'll see. Alright. Like I said, stay safe, stay healthy. And um, uh, the title of this movie is really good. <laughs> I almost forgot. Uh, the ending when the title hits, it's really impactful. And I think that it's not that edgy. Like, it's like Man of Steel is like, how can we do Superman but make it cool? And so they're like, mmm, the Man of Steel. But this is like, no, that's legitimately what this movie's about. This is the White Knight versus the Dark Knight. And why we needed the Dark Knight, but we deserve the White Knight. 
it's really thematically uh, very sound. So, yeah, um, I also think that's very similar to me. Uh, I'm a watchful guardian, silent protector, dark knight of the of the podcasting world. So, so yeah, uh, bye. <laughs>